0: Hey, just want to jump in and mention my sponsors. I'm doing them all in the front, um, so I hope people appreciate that. That's kind of a new thing that's been going out in the podcast world. And this episode is such a great episode. Um, I'm so excited. I really am. Um, Gay Lisby's uh, interview, I hope you listen to that number 238, man. It just blew me away because she is the real deal. That arbitrage group she's running is just rocking it. I'm in it and I'm watching just people just knocking it dead. And you know, for $149 for you to be able to get in there, um, there is a free week that she's giving. If you go through my link and I have a link on this episode. Um, but I mean, to me, That's how you can build up this Q4. And if you even can't get in, get on the waiting list because she's going to pull from there when somebody drops for whatever reason. So get in there. Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage. I have a link. um, And you're also going to get that seven-day free trial. Seller Lab Scope. I can't talk enough about it. Um, I just got another note from somebody just saying, hey, what I was able to do with Scope and blah, blah, blah. That is so cool to me, hearing those successes and hearing that you heard it through my show. It just makes me tingle because it's like... Getting exposed to that stuff is how you figure it out, right? Somebody else has, somebody else smarter than me has figured it out. I'm just bringing you in the information. It's so neat to see. And so Scope's going to let you really work on your private label or wholesale and help you get the keywords right. Ultimately, that's how you get the buy box. you got to know what people are searching for. You put that in there. You get that adjusted to know exactly what they're searching for. And boom, you get found, right? Being found on that page one, How do you do it? By knowing the right keywords. How do you do that? Look at your competitors and use their keywords. That's how you do it. And scope allows you to do that. It's just a powerful thing. Solutions for e-commerce. Karen Locker, you've heard me talk a lot about her. If you haven't met her, you should. Smart lady who knows what she's doing. I, for example, today had uh, four items where, um, I forget what they called it, Uh, it was flagged for quality there were quality alerts that's what it was and it turns out there's an image issue and she's like well yeah there's amazon's now making a change it has to be 80 percent." blah 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 i'm like oh, i've lost interest already could you help me and she's like fixed that's the value of having an account manager right or when i get those calls hey i'm calling about case number blah 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 i'm like oh that goes to my other person, and that just happens to be my team member, who happens to be Karen her team. Solutions for commerce.com slash momentum saves you 50 bucks. You're going to save 50 bucks, and... She's going to do an inventory health report for you. To me, that's value. Know what inventory is healthy. You got Q4. You still can get some inventory out as of this recording uh, for free. You probably want to do it. So jump on and get with her and tell her I sent you. So it's solutions for slash momentum. GoDaddy is another sponsor and I love what they're doing uh, because. I'm a domain hoarder. We've already acknowledged that. I've got a problem. And I just love the fact that I could save 30% finally uh, because I never did. Uh, so try GoDaddy.com slash Momentum and get your domain, but also buy that privacy. Look out there in one of the Facebook groups. You'll see somebody complaining about um, the lack of privacy. Well, buy the privacy. It's not that expensive. And again, you're saving 30% on it. It's really a smart deal. And Grasshopper, try grasshopper.com slash momentum. It's the professional way to present your company Uh, You don't have to carry a second phone. It's an app that goes on your phone, but it allows your calls to get routed effectively and for real. I mean, I always say you can have them go press one for customer service, but that could go to your customer service team if you use one, right? That can go to that person, or I'm surprised nobody's offering that services to us to to be the customer service department for a lot of us. We're a Zendesk in effect. Um, Somebody should offer those services, but that's what's cool is you, you know, by using Grasshopper, they press two to get to that department and then they can come in and, and, you know, effectively represent you. I just think it's so cool. So try grasshopper.com slash momentum. It's gonna save you 50 bucks and you're going to be able to all of a sudden become that professional organization you want to become. Man, I just appreciate my sponsors. I hope you do too.
1: Welcome to the E-commerce Momentum Podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson.
0: Welcome back to the E-commerce Momentum Podcast. This is episode 244, Chris Guthrie. You know, what a great conversation. Guy killing it grows enormously, has figured it out, clearly has a plan. Life is great. And then stops and says, no, I'm going to do half of what I was doing. And I'm going to do this part of the business that I'm doing because that's what I enjoyed. The rest of it, I've got to find another way. How many of us are willing to do that? How many of us have that option? Because him and his wife are on the same page, because they're so uh, because they communicate so well. I think that's probably it. Um, and he has a partner that he communicates because they're family and there is a deep trust and a deep relationship there. He's able to do that. And yet they, the other family members buy right in because they see it too and they benefit. That's what you want. How can you do it? Well, listen to Chris and you can see, let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest because I guess for the last maybe it's almost been two years I've been watching him from afar. We met at least once or twice, and now um, I see a change and a change in such a positive way that I admire him. Mean, in our pre-interview talk, we were talking about I admire as a dad, uh, a someone, especially a man who makes a choice um, for his family, but does it in the right. Way. I'm just so excited about it. Chris Guthrie. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thank you. You know, you and I were together a couple of weeks ago, and I said to you, dude, I want to have you on, especially as I heard your story has changed, because flashback, I don't know, maybe two years ago we met, you were killing it. You and your um, father-in-law were growing a business and really starting to grow. I mean, you were you were selling, dare I say, seven figures? I mean, you know, I don't think that's... Oh. Un-
1: Oh no, yeah, yeah, definitely. Each each of us were selling seven figures on our own, and then we're doing a lot of joint projects together. And yeah,
0: and and you were the the sky was the limit, right? You guys were both like, "Oh, this is nothing." I you know I'm just getting started. I mean, I got that vibe from you. This was like I said a couple of years ago, and I saw that, and I'm like, "Oh man, they just get it." And then you and I know we'll get to the story of how and why decided to kind of step back and basically turn off the funds, <laughs> the big funnel that was giving you your sales, and you make a choice, and your choice is to choose your family.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: Dude, oh, I get I get choked up. I, I wish somebody could see this because it really it tells me you understand. Now, you're a young guy relative to me, and the fact that you understand – your parents are proud. Let me just tell you, as a parent, they are proud. I hope your kids get to that place in their head even sooner than you did.
1: Yeah, it's my hopes, too.
0: <laughs> okay, well, so I let it in. And so let's go back first, though, because you've had a, a good career. You had a, a big future. I mean, it seems to me, and I see this as a pattern, and I guess no surprise for a lot of people listening, is that you know a lot of successful people were probably successful at most everything they did. Um this just might seem to come more natural to some people where they gravitate towards this but you had a successful career when you went to college did you plan on um being in sales or marketing in some way
1: no i had no idea <laughs> really but yeah, you're outgoing
0: uh, you're you're outgoing nobody ever said to you man you should be in sales
1: no i mean it's just never been something i'm interested in i did inside sales i sold cell phones when i was a teenager but that's about it
0: um, that's pretty, I mean, you know, that takes some initiative, like at the mall or something like that.
1: Yeah. You know, just had like an AT&T store or something like that.
0: Okay. So you did that. Were your parents entrepreneurs in any
1: way? No, not really. My, uh, my father was a Vietnam veteran and he got, you know, home from the war, he got a job at Procter and Gamble here in our town and he retired from there. So he was there for like 35 years. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So, no, I didn't really have a lot of in- entrepreneurial influence. I-, I did have an uncle who's a chiropractor who owns his own practice, and I always looked up to him. So I- I'd say that's probably the closest in my family.
0: But as far as you knew, you go go to school, get a job, work for 30-some-odd years, and retire.
1: Yep. Yeah, hmm. that's what you know. I was prepping myself to do.
0: <laughs> and And so what changed? I mean, when you went to school, what was your degree you were going for?
1: Oh, uh, it was in, you know, computer science, IT, you know, okay. that, that, that type of field.
0: And you were gonna be a nerd.
1: Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean I was always interested in computers and it's still, you know, some stuff's fun about it, but once I actually got out into the industry, it was just you know, just a lot of politics as with almost every every career, but a lot of politics, a lot of, you know, just not fun stuff. Basically.
0: And, and I use the, ner- the term nerd as a term of endearment because I applaud. Oh, sure. I mean, I mean that because it's like, man, they, they eventually will own the world. But it's true. The thing that throws me about you is I would have never picked you as a computer guy. You are a sales guy. You are you're you're outgoing. I mean, you make it a point to know everybody. You're you know, friendly. You know, where does that come from? That's not that's not computer guy. I mean, just telling you, that's not computer. I've been doing that for a long, long time. I've had a ton of them work for me. You're not the typical computer guy.
1: Well, I'd have to say it's not. I mean, I wouldn't say that it comes truly natural to me either. It's it's definitely something I have to work on. Um, mm. I think naturally, if you know, if I just went by the flow, I'd be an introvert. You know, but you know, I always have to constantly force myself to, you know, work on building relationships and not letting re- existing relationships go by the wayside. It's definitely one of my challenges.
0: Now, you uh, did you get married right out of college?
1: Uh, you know, pretty close. My okay. wife and I both uh, were the same age, and we you know graduated with our undergrad. She continued on with her master's, and I started working. And we were out of college for probably about two years, and then got married.
0: Okay, and so now you're going to go get a job. You're going to work there for thirty some odd years. She's going to go work somewhere, whatever. Kids, you know, two kids, a couple dogs. House, life is easy, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) quote unquote easy. Mm -hmm.
0: And so, what was your, uh, what was the first job that you took out of college?
1: It was actually my father in law got me the job at the company he worked at. And your father in law, Scott? um, Yeah, Scott Minkey. And it was um, just doing some like data processing at a company, making okay money for my age, you know, being like, I don't know, what, 21. You're in California,
0: though. There's no such thing as okay money in California.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is true. (laughs) It's it's a
0: very expensive place. Okay, so so you get this job, and when you went to work there, was this going to be the company? Was this the one that you were like, okay, 35 years? 30 and done, right? That's what it is, right? 30 years, get my pension, and then I get to do what I want to do.
1: I mean that was definitely in the realm of possibilities like you know that was already so long ago I can't remember exactly how I felt about it but it I stuck with that industry for 8 years and it, it had its ups and downs and I went you know I started with a bigger company then moved over to a startup and you know it it was good I got paid great money and you know it was pretty flexible but there was still something missing for sure in the
0: startup now was this pre dot com explosion or post
1: Oh, post. For sure. Okay,
0: so post. post. Yeah. Post.com explosion. Uh, startup used to be amazing; was the best thing in the world. Then it had a negative connotation. Now I don't know about California if it's ever had a negative connotation. Um, in the rest, of the, in the real world where you know, the other, uh, the rest of us live, it would it would be a place that we like. Oh, that's scary. That's risky. Was it risky for you? I mean, was it exciting? What was it that drove you to there other than money?
1: Uh, it was actually kind of forced. Uh, the larger company I had worked at uh, they decided to close the California office and over eighty five of us lost our jobs. We had sixty days until they were gonna close the office and Whoa. and in term, uh, I did take a job at a high school. I was a computer tech, and it was just insanely overwhelming and reinforced more that like the tech like kind of computer maintenance side definitely wasn't where I wanted to be. And then some folks that I had previously worked with started their company, and they called me and basically begged me to come work for them because they were already overwhelmed. And I went to work with them, and it was great for two, three years. And then that company started growing, and we started you know, a lot more rules and regulations. Well, is that
0: it? Is that what it is? You like the... The, and because I think we're going to lead somewhere with this, you like the lack of, or maybe the flexibility, I guess, when you, or independence and all that stuff. And oh, for sure. now you don't have that. Uh, right. well, with them, I mean, uh, with that company, yeah. right? As it uh, evolved. And so yeah. that, that was something that hmm, I think people should pay attention to, right? So there's a little clue that, you know, I don't like when it gets to be so rigid, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And are you a creative computer person? I mean, are you one of those guys that just can see a problem and 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 write code to figure it out, or are you more
1: that technical guy? Uh, I'd say more technical. I okay. mean, I can be when when needed, be creative, but that's definitely not one of my strong suits. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So uh, for a couple of years, life is good, really good, and then the rules come. They hire right. a CFO and they hire a HR person or something like that.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> bastards. I'm <laughs> being one. I used to be one. So, um, and so, so they bring them on and they put a bunch of rules. And you say, "This isn't what I wanted."
1: Oh, for sure. And you know, just uh, kind of in that same time period, I just stumbled upon a podcast. About someone talking about retail arbitrage, and I want to say it was Pat Flynn. It seems like a lot of people kind of got yeah, which ju- his interview
0: with Jessica LaRue. Yeah, way back.
1: in fact, that yeah, that was it. And, Absolutely. And from there, I was working the day job full time, and I think the night that I heard that podcast, I went out to a Walgreens and a Big Lots and bought like you know probably a hundred dollars worth of stuff. And at the time, I was just like, oh my god, how can I be spending a hundred dollars on something? and you know well, how did you like scan it i mean what happen? did you what did you use to scan back then oh i think
0: red laser or something like that in one of those programs
1: i think scan power was okay. just uh, just out uh but it was you know definitely not what it is now
0: okay so you got an app downloaded it i mean you're a tech guy and so you went out and said hmm let me go see now living in california prices are a little bit different than they are in the rest of the world. And so um you still found profitable merchandise.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there was definitely a lot of trial and error. I mean, I you know, probably broke even on a lot of stuff, but that's, you know, as many people allude to in this business, it's kind of hard to lose money if you're doing things right. You know, unless you just really really mess up on a purchase, you can usually break even if not lose like maybe a buck or two. So I, I kind of had that reassurance because Jessica Larue said that, and then just even some stuff I started listening to Chris Green. He was just like, "Just go out and try it. Just do it. What's the worst thing that's going to happen?"
0: Hmm. The, uh, the you mentioned about not losing by make by just doing things right. What is what is doing things right mean to you? Well, what did I guess I should say? Um, doing things right mean to you back then, as opposed to the, to now, because uh, I'm I'm assuming they're significantly different.
1: Well, I mean, actually, they're they're kind of not too different. Okay. I mean, just consistency, and you know, just not getting caught up in what what's the phrase I'm looking for in like where you just keep researching and researching. Oh, no, paralysis actually into, analysis, yeah, analysis paralysis. paralysis yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah you know, just,
0: so, I mean, are you do you use your gut or do you use the data? And I know a computer nerd's going to tell me the data right i mean yeah yeah. and so and i think this is very common and everybody's gonna be like dusty you know having hard and fast rules that are generally good will do the job right and as you say worst case scenario matt kelly says you write it down to break even and you move on right Right, um that's a smart business now were you did you um especially as you got better at it did you start taking chances and risks? Because ultimately, that's where the value is, right? When you can buy the hot toy before anybody knows it's hot and then all of a sudden it becomes hot, you make the most money, right?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, actually not eventually, just shortly after starting it, we I realized and then I got my father-in-law into the business also, and we, we realized together that, you know, we have to be doing things differently. So one of the, for arbitragers, one of the things that, Really, I help. I think helped set me apart compared to a lot of other sellers was just taking the time to just create new listings for products in that create a multi pack or create a bundle, and you can really you know really stand out from the competition. It's eventually someone's gonna discover your listing and hop on it, but it usually gives you enough time, especially in the retail arbitrage world where you only have product for a limited time. Right. Right. You didn't go deep on it. Right. Right. You you know, or at least not too deep and I can get in and out before anybody else even finds my two pack.
0: Is that still true today?
1: I'd say, yeah, for sure. I'd say it's still true today. I'd say that people are hopping on listings a lot quicker than they used to, Mm. but for sure. I mean, it's just a, An easy way to differentiate.
0: How did you get your father-in-law involved in it?
1: You know, he and I had tried multiple entrepreneurial ventures either independently from each other or together prior to Amazon. And we had kind of both kind of kind of been in a slump in that we kind of both lost the spark. We had tried, you know on another business, we actually lost a little bit of money on it together. And we kind of just were putting our heads down and just working our day jobs. And that went on for like nine months. And then all of a sudden I started doing the retail stuff for about two weeks. And then I hopped on the phone with him and I was like, dude, you got to be going out there and trying this because (laughs) this is making me money already. And that, you know, like a day or two later, he went out on his first trip and
0: ding, 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 ding. ding, Yeah.
1: It's all been, all been downhill from there.
0: You know, when you think about, um, where you were, right? Why were you looking for a a side hustle? I mean, did you, were you looking for a way out? Were you looking to get away from what you had? Or were you just looking for a way to supplement what you have until you get while you were doing a job search?
1: I'd say to get away from what I was getting myself stuck into. I was just,
0: so this was going to be an out for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. definitely. Okay. Yeah.
0: It wasn't uh, just an escapism. It wasn't something to uh, you know, let you buy time. This was, you were going, you were looking for the answer.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Hmm. How about Scott? Was he in the same boat?
1: Uh, it's hard to say. Well, uh, I'll
0: have him see. on and I'll ask him that question. But it, yeah. it's just interesting to me. Well, what's interesting to me is the relationship you guys have, that you're that... Um, so much on the same page, and he's older than you, not that much, but he's still older than you. And to see that, um, did you guys connect immediately? I mean, was that one of those things?
1: Uh, you know, actually, I've known him since I was 11 years old. So, <laughs> oh, wow, I, we've had different phases of our relationship. Okay, and, uh, I'd say once I became like a 21 year old adults and maybe we can have a beer together. I think that's where our relationship changed. Okay. Yeah. We can, you know, then he looked at you at the
0: same eye level as you looked at him.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. So things start clicking, he's clicking, you're clicking. Did you set up your own little group almost and like, Hey, go to target and buy, you know, uh, pens or stamps, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my desk, oh, yeah, and, and sure. uh, tape yeah. measures, yeah, and, and, and him then feed you?
1: Oh, yeah, we, you know, we're 100% transparent. What we like to call each other is uh, cooperative competitors. We both run our own Amazon accounts, it, at least in the past. Now we do have a joint Amazon account, like it's kind of a third account mm-hmm. that we own together. And uh, But we've always been really transparent, like here's these deals, here's those deals, and – and then we even had other people in our group also, you know, just I'd have to contribute a lot of the early success to little mini mastermind groups.
0: Okay. And so we know what kind of personality you have. If you had to describe Scott, what type of person would you say? Was he a marketing guy, a computer nerd, a sales guy, um, charming I think, accountant?
1: I think he and I are really similar, a computer nerd.
0: Okay. So he's a computer yeah. nerd too, just a little bit older, a little more experienced. And so when you're looking for a partner, to partner up with someone. Usually they say, you know, opposites attract and that kind of thing. Do you, I mean, is your advice, if you had to do it over again, would you look for somebody that was those similar traits?
1: I mean, I've had no issues thus far. So I'd say, yeah, I mean, it worked for me at least.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I just, I agree with you. I think that it's so smart that you partnered up, especially for retail arm, you partnered up with somebody, uh, relatively lives relatively close to you, right? Or at that time.
1: Uh, actually, we've always been kind of far apart from each other. We've always lived at least 400 miles apart.
0: Oh, Jesus. I forget how big California is. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't forget. I'm, you know, naive at that. So, so, uh, there's a huge geography, but, but you connected and so you can do things together. So I always think that that's such a better idea because two heads are definitely not you know, one plus one does not equal two, it equals three or
1: four, right? Oh for sure, man. Oh yeah.
0: Did he pull you up to, you know, because it gets old, right? There are days that this was a job.
1: Oh yeah. We we, we constantly do it for each other. And you know, we we try to or we're always looking for, you know the next thing you know not not necessarily to like shift the whole business model but you know you always got to be on your toes especially in this online space so you know it's encouraging whenever one of us comes up with an idea or we discover another like product niche or something like that and it helps kind of like rejuvenate our feelings about the business
0: now does it hurt that there's two people going in on the new buy box somebody else has the buy box and you guys are coming in there's two of you has that hurt
1: no in fact i think if anything it's kind of helped because sometimes we'll hold a price higher and we're both together and, you know, sometimes it forces other sellers to like. I, at least I feel like it, other sellers see that and they're like, "Does someone? Do they know something we don't know?" And mm-hmm. like maybe they'll lift their prices also, or not it, always, or their repricer
0: happens. catches up. I mean, that's what you know. you yeah. Think oh, about yeah, your repricer. Sure. Mine will raise prices just as uh, not not just as fast, way <laughs> slower than it lowers. It lowers prices very quickly. Okay, right. so so um, I'm just trying to go through the benefits of having that like-minded, like-skilled um good relationship, uh, trusting person working with you. So so far it sounds like a great opportunity. Um, when you when you think about it and you've added a third wheel every so often, how does that change the dynamics
1: of the relationship or has it? I think it definitely has. Uh, especially more recently, we're both trying to work on our strengths so that we can both benefit. So we're it's definitely... I scratch his back; he scratches mine, especially with the joint ventures. So, like, you know, I do a lot of the computer-like work, a lot of the research, while he goes out and is helping me still supplement my retail arbitrage income. So, as we're working on as we're working on joint projects together, either like you know, wholesale bundles or private label or anything like that. I do a lot of that, at least, you know, I'd probably say 80% of that while he's still out there using my credit card and, you know, (laughs) purchasing retail ARB. And then he takes it back to his team and they prep and pack and ship it for me.
0: Yeah, you've definitely um, have figured out your lanes that you both want to be in, right? I mean, he he seems to enjoy that operational side or at least controlling it. I don't know whether he's running it day to day, but he's controlling that side of it and he seems to love that.
1: Yeah, I'd say definitely he's better suited for that than mm. I am. I've, uh, you know, as we'll get into, I had my own operational side, being that we're 400 miles away from apart from each other. And, and you had a big team. I, you know, I had a decent sized, you know, team, especially during the fourth quarters, and um, yeah, and now I don't have one anymore.
0: <laughs> Did you have uh, buyers for you, or were you doing all the buying?
1: No, I, I was still doing buying, but I had buyers. Okay, I had, uh, up to three.
0: Okay, so up to three, and then bringing it all back to your place. At this point, is it a garage or is it a warehouse?
1: Started in the garage, moved to a warehouse, and then back. I'm back in the garage now. Right.
0: Okay, so it, it started in the garage, though, and these people are all coming to the house. How's that go for the relationship? Now, we haven't talked about your spouse, but how was she on board with what you were doing?
1: My wife is amazing and so supportive. In fact, in my first year where I was still working the day job, but working on Amazon on my lunch hours before work and late into the evening, she supported me 100% every single step. And But near the end of the year, that this was back in 2013, 2014, somewhere in there, and she was so supportive. She gave me an ultimatum. <laughs> she Ooh, said, ouch. You, you need, you need to quit Amazon or you need to quit your day job. Pick, and pick one. I think you, and I think you should quit your day job. Hmm. What
0: is it because, I mean, and I know we had this discussion, so I know, I know the answer. Um, when you talk, you weren't talking about your day job, right? When you have family dinners, especially, right? Cause it's now it's your father-in-law, right? So when you're Thanksgiving dinner, um, the discussion probably moved over to the business, right? I mean, it, naturally, right?
1: It, it does naturally. And, uh, you know, we we get we definitely get stares every once in a while from different family members. So, so we'll try to rein it back in and uh, move off of the Amazon business talk.
0: But it wasn't about your job. I mean, just what was the clues? I mean, you know, obviously one made you more happy than the other, but it comes with the cost, right, and responsibility and uh, – a lack of structure, but sometimes the lack of structure can be just as stressful as the structure, right? Um, I mean, you knew which one you wanted to do, right?
1: Was I it, did. was it certain, I, I, t- was it certain in your mind? It was definitely certain. Now did, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's been easy huh. an easy road for sure. I mean, I've, I've struggled and why,
0: uh, I mean, you know what, because I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, not many people are willing to talk about the struggle.
1: You know, I. <sighs> Please do. Very, I, I'm a conservative, uh, conservative uh, financially at least. And so that was definitely a, a big struggle for me, just, you know, having. Having all that weight on my shoulders, just knowing that I got to make this income, and it was it was just different than collecting a paycheck. You know, knowing I had a salary, a consistent salary coming in. So that was one of the things. But also, just you alluded to it, just the the inconsistency was hard. It was hard for me to nail down a routine that that worked for me because it always seems like when you're running your own business, you're always putting out fires, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's something small, but it all takes away your time. And uh, I, I didn't realize I was getting into that. Would I change it? No, I wouldn't hmm. for anything, but, you know, uh, inconsistency and, um, just, uh, just having all those, you know, all the, wearing all the hats, especially in the beginning.
0: Well, let's give some advice to people because a bunch of people thinking about, you know, you see a post all the time. Hey, should I quit my full-time job? Should I go to this all the time? you know, I love it. I know, you know, I'm doing 30,000 a month. I know that if I go full-time, I can do 70,000 a month. I just need the time. It's not that easy, is it?
1: Oh, no, definitely no. not. No, because,
0: no. the well, there's no factor of risk. I mean, first to me, that's the number one thing you've got to factor in there is risk, right? Your right. account could be closed. You could get in a car. I just talked to one of my wholesalers, major wholesaler. And I sent her a note just saying, hey, you know, we moved our uh, corporate address, moved and our warehouse, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Steve's. And I said, you know, I haven't heard anything, whatever. And she goes, hey, sorry, I've been out for six weeks. She lives in California. And she was in a major car accident. And she's like, I've been out for six weeks. Somebody rear-ended her at 60 miles an hour. Now, I wonder... Now, she has a job, right? She works for this big, giant company. But what happens when you're the person in your business? You're it. You're the cog in the wheel, and now you're down for six weeks. What would that do to your business if you borrowed money to buy all that stuff,
1: right? Fortunately for me, because... My wife and I have always made decent money when we were both working day jobs that, you know, we were financially prepared when I quit my day job. We did have already, you know, about a nine to 12 months of living expenses saved up in the bank. So as, you could have handled that six day. weeks.
0: You had that six yeah. weeks covered. So there's, there's risk mitica- mitigation. So there's big piece yeah. of advice. Number one, right. mitigate your risk by having, in your case, you said nine months. Was that number decided by her or decided by you, but enough to keep her comfortable? You know what I mean? There's a comfort factor, right? That you want them to have, your spouse, whether it be uh, husband or wife, that you wanted them to be able to say, yeah, this is the right thing. Um, that's my number, right? It's not a million dollars.
1: I, You know, I'd, I have to say the numbers probably come from, more from me. My wife, she's probably more of a risk taker than I am. Oh, so. interesting. Yeah, yeah, actually, so you know, she probably would have been fine with three months of living expenses, but I wanted to be, you know, just take it up that much further.
0: Okay. All right. And so you really hedged your bet. So risk, uh, mitigate your risk, right? Minimize that risk. That sounds like it does. What's the other things that you weren't prepared for that you, you got through it, but you wish you knew or you wish you accounted for more? Not that you would change anything. Do you get what I mean? Do you get what yeah. I'm You know, the, the things that, I mean, you know, I, I think about today, right? So today I go, <laughs> I'm in between moving warehouses. My new warehouse is being constructed, right? Beautiful, I mean, it's it's an old building, they're retroing and it's stunning what I'm gonna have. And that's why I'm staying with it because I could have left a couple times. I was supposed to be in, in June, then I was supposed to be in September. Now it's October and today's what, the, the middle of October and still not gonna be done. Now we're hoping for January. And so I'm forever going over and there's an issue and there's a problem. Oh, now they want to do this and they have to put sprinklers in and they have to do this. And now then you have to go through these blueprints and you have to have all these conversations and it always slows down, you know, and it's outside of your control. In the meantime, I've had to extend my lease at my other place, right? And these all sound like little easy things. None of them are easy. That's my point. That's what I would say to people. Every one of these things are time sucks. And sometimes you could lose a half a day on it. Has that been your
1: experience? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, even from, you know, you just get a nasty email from Seller Performance about an ASIN that you're selling and you have to just drop everything you're doing to work on that. Not that I've ever been suspended, but, you know, there's still things that come through the pipeline or whenever I was scaling and i had employees all of a sudden on a day that we really expected that we needed to get stuff out the door then both of them happened to call in sick you know just their life like happened that. right their yeah, life happened for sure yeah absolutely outside of your I mean, control yeah and they're human you know like you know sure. i can't i can't blame them for anything that happened to them but yeah i mean just you, you, hit, you said it really well, you know, just these little things can add up to losing so much production time.
0: So the plan then to go from 30 to 70 has a chink in it because that's the problem I have sometimes. It's like things outside of my, I mean, the positive to owning your own warehouse is great, you know, because, well, not owning it, renting a warehouse is great because you don't have the stuff in the house, right? It definitely helps a marriage. Um, however, it comes with issues. There's an electric, I'm getting cable installed on Monday, right? And then they, no, they're only running the wire. Tuesday, they're going to install. Well, that's their plan, unless their life happens, right, or whatever. And so, Mm -hmm. all these things are things that you have to factor in, and I don't think people factor them in. So, I want to try and give some some real advice here. So, so we already said mitigate the risk, mitigate, or how would you say it that we can take and, and adjust your expectations? What would you say for somebody, you know, looking back to your circumstance when you went to full time, what you thought and what you actually got, how different was it? I mean, you thought you were Uh, Superman, right? You thought you were Superman. I I can just work and nonstop.
1: Right, right. Uh, you know, it, what, my expectations definitely turned out to be different. Uh, and I just have to say, you know, just pad, you know, either time or money into whatever you're doing, you know. So just because you're you're doing thirty thousand a month now to get to seventy, do you have to work double that? And if you're doing it going it on your own, you're probably gonna have to work more than that. Yeah, the larger, larger your scale, the more money it takes to to make things happen usually you're going to have to start accepting lower returns on your money so you're going to you know you think that oh if I sell 60,000 when i'm used to sell 30 i'm going to make double the profit well no your profit probably isn't going to be there and then another part of scaling is you think okay well i'm going to outsource you know some of this i'm going to bring in help for prepping and packing and that absolutely does save you time but that also costs you money so you just have to take it all all into consideration
0: now you um I think it was perfectly put. That's exactly what we were looking for is so rather than expecting to double uh, time and effort and money, go two or three times and then just to get to that same length. Well, that's not sustainable. Yeah, you're right. So adjust your expectations instead of being, hey, I'm doing 30. I'm going to get to 70 or 60. No, I'm going to do 30. I'm going to get to 40. And then I could get, once I get to that level and figure out, because there's a whole bunch of things you figure out, then you can get to 50 and then you can get to 60. I think that's very well put. So at this point, um, when you were, when you took the plunge, you were in, um, was it sales? I mean, for, for lack of a better term, is that what, what you would call it?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I was, um, I was actually in a similar industry that you used to be in. We were in the print industry. Yeah, so. but I
0: mean, you, I guess you were a customer rep. I
1: mean, I don't know how to describe it. Oh no, 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 no. Actually I was I was uh, doing, you know, database and mailpiece design.
0: Oh, I'm totally losing it. Yep. Okay. Oh yeah, you're all right, you're all right. (laughs) No, no, I get it. I I know exactly what you mean. I'm sorry, I messed it up. But I get what you mean. Um so you were there helping them do these massive mailings, helping all these this data get converted to be able to send it out, correct? Right. Okay. And did you
1: love that business? I don't think I ever did. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as say I loved it. No.
0: Were there it parts was, of it that you liked that you brought into your new business?
1: Oh, for sure. Well, okay. One thing I loved was, um, you know, being able to just solve, so, solve bigger problems, you know, like just doing the same thing day in, day out just gets, just gets boring and just, you know, just wears you down. And so, you know, before like, you know, all of a sudden we needed to develop a whole new, you know, production platform you know on the computer then that was the part i loved the the special big project so you know i can take that into my amazon business like what i enjoy doing is building new listings and and bringing new product to market and doing keyword research and running ppc ads and stuff like that versus going out and scanning barcodes and you know loading stuff in my truck and you know unloading it and prepping and packing it
0: where scott right because you have a partner that's his thing that's his lane He loves yeah. it. And he's good and at he it. He
1: loves it. Yeah, he's good at it and he loves to travel, you know, and he doesn't have younger children like I do. So he has that flexibility to just get in his truck and trailer and just load that puppy up, be gone for a week, and then come back home and, and, and then rinse and repeat.
0: I think that's a, a really the the best, you know, way to end that tip section is to bring the part of what you were doing that you enjoyed, the best part of it, bring it into this business and embrace that and go all in on that and then outsource the rest. I mean, is that fair?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. All right. So we get there. Meanwhile, you start cranking. Business is good. You're hitting seven figures. Scott's hitting seven figures. You guys have figured it out. You've got the answer. (laughs) And then, and what changed? Was it sudden? Let me ask it this way. Was it at a sudden, like uh, an epiphany? You wake up in the middle the night, oh, my God, I, I see the light. Or was it, huh? this is dragon and I'm missing and I want this. And it was leading you somewhere.
1: It was definitely um, a slower process. It was leading me to where we are today. Uh, Just near the end, like of me doing full-time retail arbitrage, it, just was starting to wear me down. It it felt like I was like when I was at the end of working in, you know, the, the corporate world. So I'm looking
0: for the clues. I mean, was it, so it, it brought you back to that non happy place you were at, right? Where it was no fulfillment. It was going through the motions.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. You know, I used to like be excited to wake up and, you know, go out and hit a bunch of stores and fill up my truck or fill up a trailer. And it began to start to feel like a burden. And like, and just, I wasn't enjoying it. Whereas before, like, you know, once I spent several thousand dollars in a day and, you know, I'd be super excited about it. And then near the end there, it was just like, okay, well now I'm just maintaining.
0: Hmm. Okay. So there's a big clue. How about your family? I mean, at this point do you have kids Mm -hmm. and what was going on there for you? I mean, when you came home, did you bring home that attitude?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was definitely in some bad mood some days um, when I came home and, uh, you know, I tried not to let that influence when I walked in the door, but it's really hard not to.
0: Right. Right. I mean, did you and your wife talk about it?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. So
0: so she saw and and let's face it, she kind of helped push you over the edge saying, choose. Mm -hmm. At that point, and this is this is a this is a moment for me to think about. At that point, did you have a regret and think you made the wrong choice?
1: I've thought it every once in a while. I mean, I I always, you know, a couple minutes later, I realized I I didn't make the wrong choice. But yeah, for sure. Sometimes whenever it just feels like the weight of the world's on your shoulders, whenever you have three, you know, full time, you know, team, team members that are on your payroll. That you love, right? You see them every day.
0: You love them, right? I mean, this is yeah, real.
1: Whenever, you you know, you have a lot on your shoulders and you have to just, you know, be running a business, but also, you know, again, I was doing retail ARB, so I either had to make sure my shoppers were out there shopping or I had to go out there and shop to make sure that everybody had enough work.
0: Hmm. That's a lot of responsibility. And I think that's one of the things that I think people don't realize either to scale to that 70,000 or 100,000, you are going to need help. And now that changes. I I always think of Shark Tank when he says that, or one of those guys say, look, it's different when you have a partner as opposed to an investor. There's a big difference, right? There are different expectations. The investor doesn't care. He cares about his return, period. That's what they are. That's their model. Where a partner or what have you, it's a different relationship. Okay, so things start to go and you start to say, hmm, but you're having an incredible, I mean, you're making probably the most money you've ever made. You're mm-hmm. living large. Not, not that you're living large, but you're saying, hey, um, it starts to wear. When was the point you decided, I want to change?
1: I'd say early 2017. Okay, so early
0: 2017. That. And now at this point, you've got a partner in Scott and you've got a partner in his daughter, your wife.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so who, who gets to hear it first? Uh, and I don't want to get you in trouble, dude. Lie if you have to, please.
1: <laughs> I talked to my wife. There
0: you go. That's the right answer, no matter what. Yeah. Right. But it, it. How did that conversation go?
1: You know, it, it. We had been talking about it just in small conversations, and you know, her seeing me stressed out earlier this year. You know, just just random times throughout the months in the early early part of the year, and then she's a school teacher by trade, but she'd been off for about three years. You know, with our with our kids and. I'm earning the full-time income just by doing retail arbitrage flipping and, you know, it's starting to get stressful. And then earlier about April or May of this year was about the time where if she was going to start applying to go back to work to be a teacher. That was the time when she should be putting in applications and sending resumes out. So, you know, she's like, she asked me, you know, should I be doing this? You know, I want to help you. I want to see you happier than you are right now. Hmm. And so it was a, you know, it was a collective. That's uh, a keeper dude. Yeah. yeah like
0: That's man. a keep, I know, sure. I get it. I mean, that to be able to reckon, and, and for you to be mature enough to take it, because a lot of guys would be, you know, oh, I can handle it all. I'm Superman. I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't need feelings. I can do it, right?
1: Oh, definitely. I had those feelings, but, you know, I'm, I'm not too big to to let them lead my decision, for sure.
0: That's a big deal. That's a very mature thing to say as a young man. And so she she's taken the lead and going to get, the big job and the, you know, benefits and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Was that, what that, did the shoulders finally start to go down a little bit? I mean, was that like the, the air mm-hmm. let out of the room? Just like, ah. Oh.
1: <laughs> Literally, yeah, it was. Um, whenever we, whenever she got the word that she got hired at, at a school district local to us, it's probably one of the best paying school districts in the entire nation, fortunately. So she's earning, you know, pretty pretty good money for what she's doing. And, you know, this now our plan is that, you know, I can stop doing retail ARB so that I can focus on things that are more scalable and require less, you know, physical work and not, not have to have a physical team here in front of me. So, you know, stuff like outsourcing the prep centers and, and working on private label.
0: And yet you still stay with your partner. And so to me, there's a decision. So now at some point you had to bring Scott into the decision, right? So how but, does that conversation go?
1: Uh, it, was a, it was an interesting one, it, but he actually, you know, was kind of already saw the writing on the wall. So, hmm. you know, it wasn't all that hard. It was just like kind of just an affirmation, of, okay, this is going to happen. And he's like, all right, well, you know, tell me what I can do to help.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Because he's hearing it from his daughter, right? I mean, he's hearing you know, that side of it or from his wife, right? Because she's talking to her mom or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that probably muddies up the water. But the fact that you guys were able to come to a place where you get to do what you do so well and he benefits, he gets to do what he does so well and you benefit is a wonderful place to get to. I mean, it's still not one plus one equals two, right? It's still probably a little bit more than two, even though you pulled back a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, for
0: sure. And so now you're working on private label, all right? You're seeing, hey, I have some downtime. I get to do, because, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, it's a lot of, well, we go back to the beginning of the conversation where you said you love creating listings. You love doing the keyword research. You love all that stuff. That's your your lane. And you get to do that. Hmm. Dude, it's a very, very, very cool place to get to. Do you think you could have gotten there two or three years ago, like instantly from day one?
1: It's hard to say. Uh, no, I, I, I lean towards no, because I've learned so much about just selling online and selling on Amazon specifically that I've gotten from retail arbitrage that I wouldn't have known otherwise. Uh, but you also, ins and
0: it would be a lot of, well, I could have, I could have, right? Uh, you know, oh, you know yeah. that, you know, uh, wondering, oh, what if I would have, you know, we'd be back on that track. Now you know. And it's not like you weren't successful. You were incredibly successful. But you're like, meh, this isn't my lane. This is what I want. And I think that I I hope, I just hope more people make this choice and say, you know what, this part of the business I love, I don't like these other parts. I'm going to find someone. However, not just pay them, you know, and I'm, I'm all for prep centers and stuff like that too, but can it go deeper than that? Can the relationship go deeper where I can offer them value too? If you could find that kind of partner. Have you met other people out in the in our little world out here, that are in that same type of relationship—not necessarily related—but you can see the the depth of partnership is more than just you know a business partnership.
1: For sure, I, I have to say it's more of the rarity, but I've seen it occasionally. Yeah,
0: hmm. hey, I'm 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 hopeful more people consider that kind of thing. You know, with boundaries, right? I mean, there have to be real, right. relatively clear boundaries. Now, do you guys have a formal agreement, or is it a handshake?
1: No, just a handshake.
0: Just a handshake, and yeah. so you know what's expected of you, and he knows what's expected of him. However, things will happen. Life's going to happen, right?
1: Right, and it's always family first, so it doesn't matter, um, you know. And that's that's just how family works, you know. You don't you don't do things expecting something in return. Hmm. You just oh. do it because it's going to benefit everybody.
0: Jeez, this sounds like my uh, sermon I give. I, I, I love that. That's exactly the right attitude, right? You give without expectation and you get tenfold, right? Right. Because it just happens. So what's next, right? So you're, you're working on private label. Um, Scott's still running the operational side of the business. Some of your stuff, some of his stuff, he's involved in private label with you. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the best part of you know, I mean, you don't have to worry. I mean, it's a whole bunch of cool things. First off, you're on the West Coast, so that's easy to get stuff in check. Uh, B, or uh, I guess if we go in that way, A, that was it. B, um, you already have a distribution channel um, and you already know it really, really well. C, you have a place to receive product, to prep and process product. Um, D, you have the ability to create the right listings, you know, do all those different things. I mean, to me, it sounds like it's a really well thought out plan.
1: Yeah, uh, when you say
0: it like that. <laughs> no, well, it's real. It's true. But you, you guys, this isn't by accident. I mean, don't be so naive to, you know, oh, yeah, well, it just happened. No, no, this is by plan. I mean, this is obviously a well-thought-out plan because you put all the pieces together to be successful. Matter of fact, where I see it is you guys are building scale um, that you can blow through. You know, let's face it. You've already brought a private label or two to market. Um, whether successful or not, you learned a ton.
1: Right.
0: You just... Took a course, advanced yourself. It's easier now, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And you know, in our pre-conversation, you're like, Steve, I think I found another niche. And right. so it's like the barriers to entry are kind of gone, right? Because you got the money side worked out. You don't have any of the, in, in uh, I don't not inhibition. Um, you don't have any of the inhibitors holding you back. And so to me, it seems like you guys could scale very, very quickly on the private label side.
1: Right, and that that's definitely the goal, uh, and not just hundred percent private label either. We're we're still we've always done like wholesale bundles really well, so we'll continue always continue to do those. A lot of them are seasonal, but yeah, I mean it's definitely easier to scale now that I feel at least for on my side because I don't have these other burdens. I don't have the the team members to manage. I don't have you know the the warehouse rent to pay and all that type of stuff. Now one of my challenges now is that. My wife and I have reverse roles, and I'm more the stay-at-home dad. So mm-hmm. my time is limited, and I have to focus whenever I have time to do it. So, you know, I have certain hours during the day I can work, and after that, then I'm on dad duty.
0: Right. And and they're gonna get sick. I mean, they you know anytime you go anywhere near people, they're gonna get sick, right? And they're gonna right. bring home different things. So the plants you need real fluid. Uh, yeah, no, that's the wrong word. You need you need a very liquid lifestyle right now, right? So right. you can oh, e- yeah. ebb and flow, right? Um, thinking about that, okay, and specifically, so you're working full-time, could you see yourself jumping into this new role from day one? I want to leave my full-time job, I want to just go and create products and do all these different things. Do you think that that also brings its set of uh, issues?
1: Definitely. Uh, from day one, I think I would have been too scared to do that. Hmm. Uh, it was just... It was just easier just to flip stuff retail arbitrage and and it feels less risky and whether it really is or not, you know, that's to be said, but, uh, I I don't think I would have had the confidence and I was just a lot younger at the time, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And so now when you guys talk about your future, you and your wife, and I mean, what, how does that conversation go? Because, you know, I mean, you guys, the way you've designed it, I mean, she sounds like she has a really strong career, the great future, great benefits, all those things that the stability that you need in your life, right? To have some kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, just structure, I guess. And then the liquid that you have, um, the liquid part of your life, you could fill in for her in so many ways, right?
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm.
0: You know, it's funny, uh yesterday my wife's car light came on, it was cold first time and she panicked. I didn't even look at what it was. Turns out to be just a low tire sensor, whatever. But I was able to go during the day while she was at work. I had my own set of keys, grabbed her car, took it to the garage, told her afterwards, Hey, by the way, your car's at the garage. Oh. But it was so cool to be at that place in my life. I've always had a desk job, so I never would leave work, ever. You know? Right. And so it would be so to be able to have that, that makes life easier for her. Right. Do you feel like you're sewing more into your wife's life now because you're able to take in when she comes home stressed from work? I mean, let's face it, it's a job, right? So she's gonna come right. home stressed, that you can take a different that 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 nurturing role yourself?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's actually been quite eye opening and fun. You know, it's been I've I've been able to take a lot of stuff off of her shoulders that she's always been responsible for. I'm trying it out myself. And, you know, I, I just have a also a newfound respect for,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. anybody. She made it that, look easy, that, right? That
1: keeps a house. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> that's what I always like. I'm like, wait, you got to do that? And she's like, oh, yeah, every week. I'm like, oh, God. Can we hire somebody? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Dude, I am, I'm telling you, as a dad, I'm so proud of you because it, it just. I hope more people realize. So you can have it all, Chris Guthrie, right? You can have it all if you're willing to take less, but be more intentional about what you want. Yeah. Dude. Oh. Okay, so let's let's close it out with this. So the, the goal of the podcast is to help people move forward, right? And so we, we gave a bunch of tips, and and especially for those who are thinking about taking that full-time leap, really go back and listen to that again, because I think that's very powerful. All three of those steps are very very important things you need to think about. But let's talk about the person who's stuck, right? They're stuck. They're selling that 30000 a month. They don't have a partner yet. And maybe that's what you're going to say. They're just struggling on their own. What's your advice to help them get past that point of stuck?
1: Well, my solution was to quit my job and make it happen. But I'd have to say now that I look back, um, you know, just... You got to, whether you have a partner or a team member or a mastermind that you can bounce ideas and, and maybe even they can help you with some of the responsibilities. Maybe you can do some stuff for them. They can do some, some stuff for mm. you. Definitely just, you know, not trying to go it alone for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's so powerful. And you're right. You have skills that Scott doesn't have. Scott has skills that you don't have. Not that you can't do them, but they're natural for him and your stuff's natural for you. You bring them together, as we said, it's not one plus one equals two, it's three or four. And -hmm. I think that's so powerful. Dude, I love it, I love it, I love it. So how can I get, uh, if somebody has a follow-up question, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, Just pretty much Facebook. It's uh, Facebook backslash Chris L. Guthrie.
0: Yeah, there is another Chris Guthrie out there. This is not the marketing Chris Guthrie. Right. <laughs> um, not the direct marketer, although he did dabble in that stuff, but that is not him. He is not that guy. Right. So, man, I'm so excited for you. I, uh, I just, I, I can't wait to get another update because I, I just love the fact that while things are working, you make a drastic adjustment because you can say, while on the surface it was all working, this part is the part I liked. I want this. Right. That is powerful, powerful stuff, and I hope more people realize it. Um, let me let me ask you this. I know I said it was the last, but do you feel <laughs> more fulfilled? I guess that's where I want to go with it, is just the difference of Chris today versus when he was selling a million dollars.
1: For sure, absolutely more fulfilled. Uh, I feel like I'm actually not just like— maintaining something. I'm building something. And also just on my family life. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm spending a lot more time with them and I get to see my kids more every day. And, you know, we're just, you know, we're, we're prepping for the future.
0: You know, it, I, I think about Matt Cartlett I'm giving a talk and I'm using him as a reference point because he said, you know, Steve, I've go to a lot of, uh, the plays and stuff like that. He said many times I'm the only dad there oh yeah and he's like that's so powerful to me Mm -hmm. and you could see it in the spouses of these other men and they're like man I wish my husband would be here so man very 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 cool so I uh, wish you nothing but success thank you so much I can't wait to get another another update from you
1: all right thanks for having me take care
0: how strong is that interview now think about that are you willing to make those adjustments in your life knowing that you're gonna have to change a whole bunch of other stuff I don't think most people are because they are too close to it. They're too. They don't have the ability to bounce it off of others. So you really need to take what he's saying about a mastermind. I I'm not sure I love that term as much because I think it's deeper than a mastermind. I think it has to be a relationship, um, a deeper relationship. But finding those like-minded people and talking about life. Because guess what? You've got wife, kids, or husband, kids, or parents, or friends, or illnesses, and problems and challenges well guess what they do too so by bringing that into the conversation it gets deeper that's how your life becomes your business and your business becomes your life that's when that's a positive seamless thing that transition between the two man it's just such a great place to be and i think chris has figured it out it's so neat to see him and scott um and I will have Scott on shortly because I just again I just think that this is such a powerful story that I hope more people hear. You know, check out the sponsors, you know, Solutions for E-Commerce, you know, Karen Locker, she is killing it. She is adding people on left and right and managing it well. And again, you know, it's Q4. I get notes, boom, their handle. You know, Seller Labs scope. Um, I can't say enough about it because I use it so often. I hope you are too. Get that headlines right You get those those uh, keywords right. Get that title right. Yeah, I called it a headline. Get that right. You got to. And Seller Labs, um, their product scope is just awesome. So it's sellerlabs.com slash scope. The keyword is momentum to use. Keyword, get it. And you get some savings. ecommercemomentum.com. Take care.